It's sort of like terrorism. You want to keep it over there, not let it get to here. We are attempting to fulfill our national purpose to create and sustain a society in which all of us are equal. Barbara Jordan, stateswoman and orator, coming up on the Rainbow Minute. Funding was being withheld until we removed what he called homosexual materials from the library. It's tough enough being a teenager as it is without thinking you are going to hell. Look, in this day and age, to see this happening is actually quite unbelievable. Welcome to This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Lucia Chappelle. Ghanaian Anglican bishops reverse support for anti-queer bill. Mississippi mayor blocks library funding to ban LGBTQ books. And Brisbane Christian School repents contracts but retains bias. Those stories and more this week, now that you've discovered This Way Out. I'm Joe Bainline. And I'm Sarah Montague. With NewsWrap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending February 5th, 2022. The House of Bishops of the Anglican Church in Ghana is denouncing the draft Promotion of Proper Human Sexual Rights and Ghanaian Family Values Bill currently being debated in Parliament. In an unexpected reversal of their previous position in support of the bill, the bishops now say it's too severe and must be reviewed. Some reports indicate that Ghanaian Archbishop Dr. Cyril Kobina Ben-Smith's January 28th statement was sparked by an online meeting in November with Archbishop of Canterbury Justin Welby, the titular head of the denomination. The statement first stressed that LGBTQI plus activities are frowned upon by the Ghanaian ethnicity, and therefore traditions, values, cultural, and social frameworks must be respected and appreciated. However, it continues, nevertheless, Ghanaian citizens must not use the bill as an avenue to assault persons with homosexual orientation, but show love to them as the Church of Jesus Christ. Acts of harassment, intimidation, and hostilities against LGBTQ plus people should be condemned. The Western African nation's penal code already punishes private consensual adult same-gender sex with up to three years in prison. The new proposal adds at least two years to that sentence and punishes anyone who even advocates for LGBTQ rights with up to ten years in prison. The bishop's statement suggests a transformational agenda instead of those harsher penalties that could mean support for the torturous and medically debunked practice of conversion therapy. The author and primary promoter of Uganda's infamous Kill the Gays bill is dead. Former ethics minister Simon Okodo passed away suddenly at a Geneva hospital on January 28th. Ironically, he was in the Swiss city for a UN meeting as a member of Uganda's Human Rights Commission. Same-gender sex has been outlawed in the East African nation since colonial days. Lakota's mean-spirited measure punished repeat offenders of consensual adult same-gender sex with the death penalty. A watered-down version eventually passed in Parliament, but was overturned in court. Sexual Minorities Uganda Executive Director Frank Mugisha told the Washington Blade via email, I do not have any ill words for Lakota. 
The veteran activist added, however, I can say that it's unfortunate that he spent his time as a government official persecuting and promoting hate against marginalized communities. Lakota was an ordained Catholic priest under suspension during his time in political office. That did not keep him from preaching plenty of hell and damnation mixed with his policies. Out-British actor, broadcaster, and Renaissance man Stephen Fry revealed in a 2013 documentary that interviewing Lakodo prompted him to attempt suicide. Two gay men have been executed in Iran for the crime of forced sexual intercourse between two men, this according to the non-governmental human rights activist news agency. Mirdad Karimpurj and Farid Mahamadi spent six years on death row before they were hanged on January 27th in the prison in the northwestern city of Marega. The rights group said that two other men were executed there for the same offense last July. Under strict Islamic law in Iran, consensual adult gay male sex is punishable with the death penalty, like murder, armed robbery, rape, and adultery. Women convicted of same-gender sex are whipped. When Iranian gay Ali Fazali Manfared was reportedly kidnapped and beheaded by family members in an honor killing last May, the U.S. State Department condemned his murder. Twitter activists are asking where the outrage is for the state executions of Karim Purj and Mohammadi. Equating your lesbian organization with pedophiles doesn't hurt your group's reputation, does it? That's how a Hungarian court saw it in a February 1st decision supporting an article in a pro-government daily newspaper. The Budapest Metropolitan Court of Appeals overruled the November decision by a lower court that called the article about the decades-old publisher Labris Lesbian Association unjustifiably offensive, devastating, unfounded opinion, according to Euroobserver. The appeals court decided that the article in question merely provided scientific evidence to back up Prime Minister Viktor Orban's previous comments connecting homosexuality and pedophilia. The ruling comes right on time for Orban as he escalates efforts to stoke homophobia ahead of Hungary's national elections on April 3rd. It's his most serious re-election challenge since winning office in 2010. He's even scheduled a referendum on queer rights that same day. Voters will be asked five highly inflammatory questions. Questions like whether they support sexual orientation workshops in schools and if they favor gender reassignment surgery for children. South Dakota is number one, the first Republican-led U.S. state to pass a trans sports ban in 2022. Governor Christine Noem signed a bill this week that says only female athletes based on their biological sex may participate in any team, sport, or athletic event designated as being for females, women, or girls. Gnome's Chief of Staff Mark Miller made headlines across the country when he spoke to a House committee about the bill with a way-over-the-top comparison. We are seeing cases, and I think the, um, the proponents have given many examples where this is happening all over the country, including our surrounding states. And by putting it in law, we are ensuring that what we're seeing all over the country does not happen in South Dakota. It's sort of like terrorism. You want to keep it over there, not let it get to here. South Dakota joins almost a dozen other U.S. states that already have similar laws. A second anti-trans youth bill was approved in the South Dakota House this week and is headed to the state Senate. 
It would force trans students to use campus restrooms and locker rooms based on their gender assigned at birth rather than their gender identity. Republican attacks on transgendered young people continue unabated. This week, Arizona's Senate passed and sent to the State House a bill that also bans trans youth from competing on sports teams that match their gender identity. Finally, when is a rainbow like a swastika? When a child's drawing of an umbrella with the words gay is okay and vertical rainbow pride flag colors becomes part of a student art exhibit. School officials at Oglethorpe Avenue Elementary School in Athens, Georgia, forced the removal of the drawing this week. An administrator claimed that a parent's complaint forced the decision to take the picture down. When local reporters asked for specifics, the officials said that exhibiting the drawing was comparable to hanging a Nazi flag. That's what other parents whose children attend Oglethorpe Avenue Elementary told local TV station WXIA. Parents like Jamila Coase says this is but the latest example in a pattern of bias at the school. Coase is also a professor at the University of Georgia. She told WXIA, There is ongoing um, complaints about this current administration having, um, being discriminatory against women, being discriminatory against LGBTQ people, um, being discriminatory against English language learners or um, emerging bilinguals, emerging multilinguals. Um, and uh, Spanish speakers. So uh, we have seen a pattern of inequity at our school and we have been asking for support for, uh, at this point, years. That's News Wrap, Global Queer News with Attitude for the week ending February 5th, 2022. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappelle, produced by Brian DeShazor, and brought to you by you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. And you can read the transcript and listen to News Wrap each week by subscribing to our This Way Out radio channel on YouTube. For This Way Out, I'm Sarah Montague. Stay healthy. And I'm Joe Bainline. Stay safe. It's blatant censorship, promoting discrimination, hate, and intolerance against the LGBTQ plus community. A banned book barbecue, but first... Chicago, the turbulence of 1976. For the first time at the Democratic National Convention, an African-American took the stage as the keynote speaker, and for the first time, it was a woman's voice. We'll play just a bit of that speech and hear about her life in a Rainbow Minute. We are a people in a quandary about the present. We are a people in search of our future. We are a people in search of a national community. We are a people trying not only to solve the problems of the present, unemployment, inflation, but we are attempting on a larger scale to fulfill the promise of America. We are attempting to fulfill our national purpose to create and sustain a society in which all of us are equal. Barbara Jordan, stateswoman and orator, coming up now on the Rainbow Minute. Barbara Jordan was born in Texas in 1936. Beginning her career in law, she yearned for a role in political change. 
She worked for the local Democratic Party, speaking out on contemporary issues. In 1966, Barbara's political charisma secured her a seat in the Texas Senate. Six years later, she was the first black woman from a southern state elected to the U.S. House of Representatives. In the late 60s, she met psychologist Nancy Earle. Hiding her lesbianism for the sake of her career, she publicly portrayed Nancy as just a close friend. Yet they shared a home as a devoted couple for 30 years. In 1994, Barbara was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. When she died in 1996, the press hounded Nancy for details about their private life, but she refused in her last act of loyalty to the woman she loved. The Rainbow Minute is produced by Judd Proctor and Brian Burns and recorded in the studios at WRIR in Richmond, Virginia, and read by volunteers like me, Candace Kingrick. And I ask you that as you listen to these words of Abraham Lincoln, relate them to the concept of a national community as I would not be a slave, so I would not be a master. This, this expresses my idea of democracy. Whatever differs from this, to the extent of the difference, is no democracy. Thank you. Good news. Good news. Are you signed up for our e-newsletter, Inside This Way Out? We send them out every few weeks, briefly reviewing recent and previewing upcoming programming, and deepening the conversation about your favorite international LGBTQ radio show. To receive the occasional Inside This Way Out, and let us know you're listening, email us at info at thiswayout.org. My heart breaks for every child who still has to go to that school and be in that environment. I can't work for an organization that does that to kids. In Brisbane, the bully is not in the school, it is the school. But first... We got silly books! Sad books! Good books! Bad books! They're all great in their way! But whichever one you choose, hey, you just can't lose! Come on and read a book today! Books are flying off the shelves at public and school libraries across the U.S., but conservative forces are carrying them to the fire pit, not the reading room. The book burnings have been quite literal in some places, and as always, queer-related literature ranks high on banned book lists, whether by official policy or by more vigilante-style means. It's a combination of both in Ridgeland, Mississippi, Mayor Gene McGee has taken it upon himself to withhold $110,000 designated for the Madison County Library System. When Ridgeland's first quarter check for 2022 was not received, the system's executive director, Tanya Johnson, called Mayor McGee. She recounted their conversation for local WAPT-TV. Funding for this year was being withheld um, until we removed um, what he called homosexual materials from the library. His reasoning that he gave was that as a Christian, he could not support that and that um, 
he would not release funding until we remove the materials. He is putting his religious belief and his political power of his position, um, and that's where the issue lies. Capital City Pride Executive Director Jason McCarty was there for the library's Board of Trustees January 25th meeting to discuss the mayor's ultimatum. I believe that the library is a safe space. The library is a place where kids and teens and adults can go to escape the world and dive into a great book and learn about new things. That vision of the library is clearly not shared by Mayor McGee, who reportedly told Director Johnson that he only serves the great Lord above. He apparently also does not serve the Ridgeland Board of Aldermen that approved the library allocation, and he told the Mississippi Free Press that he was not sure whether he had the legal right to withhold the funds. Local mom Maggie Bonds came to the library meeting to lay down the law herself and told WLBT-TV, It's violating the constitutional right of free speech and it's blatant censorship, promoting discrimination, hate, and intolerance against the LGBTQ plus community. I want my daughters to have books to represent them, to educate them about things they don't understand, and to help me discuss difficult subjects. Capital City Pride's McCarty points out that concerned citizens don't have to disrupt the whole system to lodge a complaint. There's a procedure. If there's a book that you don't like, you can go into the library, fill out an application, the review board will read the book and decide if it should stay in the, in the library. This mayor didn't know none of those things, and that's wrong. The library trustees voted unanimously to support their current collection and to take the dispute to the Board of Aldermen. They're standing strong behind Director Johnson. Books in the library are for everybody. And our goal is to continue to provide excellent library service um, to this community. I wonder, wonder who, who, who wrote the book out This world will never be long. I gotta be me. I've got to be me. What else can I be but what I am? Back to school excitement took a backseat to controversy for the young primary and secondary students at Brisbane City Point Christian College. The homophobic hullabaloo in Queensland got a national spotlight from The Project on Australia's Network 10. City Point does not judge students on their sexuality or gender identity, and we would not make a decision about their enrolment in the college simply on that basis. City Point Christian College issuing that statement after sparking a furor with its enrolment contract, which says homosexuality is sinful and offensive to God and is destructive to human relationships and society. And that the college will only enrol the student on the basis of the gender that corresponds to their biological sex. The government is not taking City Point's action lightly. Queensland's Education Minister Grace Grace told ABC News. It's concerning, particularly as a mother of someone who identifies as non-binary. And um, they would be very upset about this too. 
There are anti-discrimination human rights laws in the state that are very strong and we're very proud of those laws. The Human Rights Commissioner has warned the school that you cannot contract out of your legally binding anti-discrimination laws in this state. Look, in this day and age, to um, see this happening is actually quite unbelievable. The unbelievable has been highly emotional for City Point teacher Helen Clapham Barnes, whose child attends the school. I think the administration and the board, I assume, has driven that change. Uh, as a parent, I received that email on Friday afternoon, but as members of staff, we didn't know that it was happening. Um, we weren't told about it until Saturday. My son, who's at the school, is in Year 11, so everybody else is going back to school next week. The Year 11s and 12s started online today, this morning. So I didn't even get a full business day to um, look at alternatives. And so we have been in um, trauma and stress this weekend as I am having to blow my son's world apart because he's not going to get to do year 11 and 12 with his mates. I have to find him a new school and that's what I was doing this morning. Um, Saturday and Sunday, the realisation hit me that not only could I not sign that as a parent, I couldn't sign that. I couldn't agree to be a teacher in a school that had that vocabulary and language around some of the most vulnerable kids that we interact with. As an educator... My priority is to make sure that each child that I interact with feels safe. But when a child tells us with tears in their eyes that they don't feel safe, what are we doing? What are we doing? And in fact, in that documentation, it says that both at the beginning of enrolment and during enrolment, if they don't adhere to this, we terminate the enrolment. I can't, I can't work for an organisation that does that to kids. I don't support that. Australia's Prime Minister Scott Morrison has been fighting for a religious discrimination bill that opponents say would be even more dangerous for LGBTQ civil rights. My kids go to a Christian school. I wouldn't want my school doing that either. The bill that we're going to be uh, taking through the parliament um, uh, will we'll be having an amendment which will deal with that to ensure that the kids cannot be um, discriminated against on that basis. Morrison's statement drew criticism from both sides. A video message to City Point parents from Principal Brian Mulherin announcing the withdrawal of the offensive contract illustrates why equality advocates are still right to be concerned. The legitimate exercise of religious freedom is not discrimination. It is a feature of an open society. We aim to give parents and students the right to make informed choices about whether they can support our approach to Christian education and participate in our community. We have dealt with individual conduct or behavioural issues in a way that many religious schools do, but none of these situations has led to a student being expelled because they are gay or transgender. Congregants at Principal Mulherin's Pentecostal City Point Megachurch gave him a standing ovation on February 6th. 
He also announced that he'll be taking a leave from the school following the contract incident. It's a good start, but there's still so much more that does need to be done. Former student Felicity Myers sees that it's more than what's on paper, as she explained to the project. I don't believe this is a change that will come overnight. It is going to take a lot of time for a cultural change to happen in the school, unfortunately. And I wish I could say the kids will go to school on Monday and everything is going to be fine. None of these teachings will be brought up, but I know for a fact that they will continue to be brought up and taught even more so given everything that has happened. Culture is something that comes from the influences up the top. So it's going to take a lot on their behalf to actually acknowledge what is going on and for them to take a stand against it. Now that Helen Clapham Burns and her son are escaping from City Point, she's reflecting on what it was like for her daughter Charlotte, a recent graduate. When I enrolled Charlotte into this school, I didn't know she was gay. She actually kept it a secret for a long time because she was told on a pretty regular basis that it was a sin. And as you've seen in that statement of faith, it's bundled in with someone who commits incest, bestiality and pedophilia. That's, they're in the same sentence, in the same bracket. The extra element of being a queer kid in a Christian environment is you think you're going to hell for eternity. I don't even know how you walk through the day with that. It's tough enough being a teenager as it is without thinking you are going to hell. And I can assure you, I have been woken up in the middle of the night with her leaning over me, sobbing, saying, am I going to hell, mum? Am I going to hell? I'm sure people would ask me, why have you stayed? You know, if you don't agree with it. I've stayed for those kids that sit in those assemblies and sit in those classes and think they're less and not worthy. I mean, I taught online today. I taught senior English online, 1984, we started it. And as I was saying goodbye to them, I I don't know if this is the last time I'm going to see them. I'm heartbroken. I feel like I've let them down, that I'm having to leave. But I have to let those queer kids know that there are Christians out there that love them and aren't hiding behind Bible verses and are letting them know that they are safe with me. My heart um, absolutely breaks for every child who still has to go to that school and be in that environment. Former student Felicity Myers. I've been there, I've done that. I know how hard it is, and especially given the situation that this has all put you through. just want to say I'm sorry that you do still have to go back into that environment. But I also want you to know that you are not alone. There are thousands upon thousands of people who do support you and who do love you, and we are doing everything we can to still support and love every student in the school, but I know it is going to be hard for a lot of them still going there. So, yeah, we are going to keep doing all that we can to make sure that we can try to do something to fix this culture.
Thanks for Finding This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. Some program material this week came from Joe Bainline and Sarah Montague, produced by Brian DeShazer, and from Candace Gingrich, produced by Judd Proctor and Brian Burns. Between the Lions, Sam Cooke, the Monotones, and the Kingdom Choir performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This way out thanks to the Hicking Assets Fund of the Tides Foundation, the Ivana Foundation, a bequest from Christopher David Trentum, and donors Christopher Matthews and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Thank you. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For coordinating producer Greg Gordon and everyone at This Way Out, I'm Lucia Chappelle. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org and on 4NSA, Noosa Heads, Queensland, KYRS, Medical Lakes, Spokane, Washington, WORT, Madison, Wisconsin, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned, y'all.